Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, are we beyond the era of a football team investing in just one quarterback to rule them all? Some regular season observations from Chris Level may indicate so. We'll get into that. Also, a big roster domino to fall as one name we mentioned earlier in the week, Tech offensive lineman Weston Wright makes his intentions clear for next year. We'll dive into it and what it means for those other 300-pound dominoes within Texas Tech's offensive line group moving forward. All of that and a final bowl update as we head into the weekend next on Locked on Texas Tech. You are Locked on Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be back with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Appreciate always being your first listen with new episodes each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online's got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Uh, Chris, you and I had a conversation earlier this week. Is it related to a Texas Tech football offseason eligibility radar of sorts? <laughs> and uh, we're going to continue to get some clarification, obviously, as we roll through these weeks heading towards the bowl game and uh, then clearly into the offseason. But we did get a little clarification on one of those names you mentioned that I thought was one of the more interesting names to mention because it impacts uh arguably the most important positional group or one of two most important positional groups on a football team this being the offensive line and the name is Weston Wright uh who indicates that he will forego that additional year of eligibility and seek professional opportunity yeah you know and I'm I'm not I'm not surprised uh that he um cuz here's the, all the dynamics in play with like a guy like Weston Wright um, he, he was a solid player here and, and a very durable and available player here. And, you know, I think he, at some point you just, you, you almost just kind of say, Hey, I'm ready to go to the next phase of my life. The, the flip side too, is that there's no guarantee if he stays at guard that he's the, the starter next year. Now, what do I mean by that? I think that if Cole Spencer, who by all accounts they felt like was the best available offensive lineman that they would have had when everybody was healthy, and he's a guard, and I think they have every intention to move Dennis Wilburn from center to guard because they feel like he is a much better fit at guard and he was your best offensive lineman. That's really interesting, by the way, Chris, because I think – I get what the logic could be there, but that does mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got to go out and get a new guy to play that position, right? And that was... Well, or or what if you uh, <laughs> what if you spend the next month of bowl practices and you, you give Caleb Rogers a shot at center? Ooh. Because that's <laughs> what I think that they... I think that that may be what they, uh, what they indeed look at. Um, a shot 
I think that's an important word. Yeah, I, because be, and part of that is because I don't think I think that 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 was you know something that look we, we we've had you know Coach Hamby was on um, Coach McGuire's show and that was part of the conversation is that, you know, the month of December, we're, we're, we're maybe going to mix it up. We've got 15 practices, may, may do some different things and see what some different things look like. And he kind of hinted at, you know, putting somebody else at center, maybe one of the tackles. And I think he's re- referring to Caleb Rogers. I think we would agree that Caleb Rogers wasn't necessarily your, your, your best offensive lineman. He struggled at times. Okay. <laughs> You're but being I, very generous this holiday season, Chris. But 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 I I think you know Caleb is very energetic, and I think they want to give him uh, a shot uh, there. And 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 yeah, you don't want to rule out maybe trying to bring in a center from the portal and and things like that. Because now that Weston has opted to to not be back, I think there's now a spot that you could go use from the portal. I think that you also have to wonder. Are, are guys like Cade Briggs and Michael Shanahan, who were portal guys last year, are they going to stay here? Um, because it, it's pretty evident that they're not going to play uh, or factor in. And I think they're, they've, they've both graduated. And so if they do want to play, I think, you know, m- maybe you, you try to help them find somewhere else to go or, or whatever the case may be. was a center, right? Or was he yeah, and, and, projected there? Yeah, and his, well, his problem, Casey, was that he had a – I think it was like a wrist or a wrist, thumb yeah. or something. And he missed most of the off season, including most of August. And so he never really got a shot. And then I think when it was, when he was finally healthy, I just don't think that the snaps were as good. And, and, yeah. and he had a hard time holding up strength wise on the interior there. Uh, and so that's why Dennis was kind of moved, you know, permanently to center. And he played center all spring because of the injury to Briggs and so th- that's kind of how we ended up here. It, it just goes back to um, th- that that is a position group that you're looking to upgrade. And, and everybody knew that it was a, a group that needs to be better. It, you're trying yeah. to do move the pieces around a bit to try to maximize that group. Because and, and I think as you look at it, even though Weston Wright may depart, uh, and again, he's going to play in the bowl game, so he's going to play one more game. So don't, because that was the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, he's declaring. Uh oh, is he is he still going to finish out and play one more game? The answer is yeah. yes. But you, you you've now if you have if you have Wilburn and Cole Spencer, and like you've still got Jacoby uh, Jackson, you've still got Landon Peterson. You feel really good about your guards. Okay, plural. You've yes. got some starters, some depth, some experience now, and I think that Ty Buchanan and, and Monroe Mills. Uh, with, with, you know, the, the, the arrow is pointing up at them as far as tackles go, but wouldn't rule out you, you know, trying to bring in. Uh, in other words, if you if you go to the portal offensive line-wise, it's going to be either a tackle or a center, the, one of those. You don't need you don't need to go replace Weston Wright and try to go find another guard. I think you've got that. It's, a, it's a, a, a somebody that could start at center for you or possibly start at tackle for you or provide some depth at, at tackle or, or whatever as they try to work through and try to figure out if, if somebody like Caleb can play center or, you know, what, what else, but it's, it's just about trying to find the best five you've got, put them in the right spot and turn them loose. And so there's a lot going on there uh, that we get into by the Weston Wright departure. But as you look off into the distance, 
this month of December is kind of what they'll start messing with some of that, I think. And I'm not telling you that that's what it's going to look like whenever they play in the bowl game, that they would would move. But if they practice it and kind of like it, certain things, that may be, in fact, what you get in the bowl game. Uh, Some guys in different spots that we hadn't (laughs) – that would be amazing. Year. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't even know how I would process that. But uh, I guess might tell you a little bit about. Well, I don't know how they view the bowl game or view this time of year. Or well, I mean, and, and and it's all about who's healthy too, because I don't think yeah. you, you will put your best foot forward to try to win the bowl game. Make no mistake about that. And if and if mm-hmm. they don't if they don't really like what they've got, I think you you leave it as is. But the, but I, I'm going to be shocked if they don't practice some of this in December because that's kind of what this stuff's about. You've earned the right to kind of fiddle with some of this stuff and get a jump start on the spring and get it, get a look uh, ahead at next year and see kind of what it looks like. And that's the fun part about those 15 practices. If you want to use them all is that you, you can, you can do some of that, man, I guess personally speaking, I'm just really rooting for Mills and Buchanan to find some way to be bookends. I, I don't know on either side or wherever they can fit in because it seems like the logistics of going out and getting a reliable tackle as opposed to possibly shopping uh, for a center may be a little bit more difficult. I don't know, Chris. Now that I say that, am I wrong? Because obviously the center is the guy that kind of needs to be well, a quarterback of sorts for that group. Which one is more difficult to go find on the market? Probably a tackle. Just because, okay. yeah, I, I mean, there's just fewer good ones out there. Not not that yeah. centers are easy to find by any means, especially one that you that can play and play well in in this league. But tackles are just you know hard to find. That's why they get paid so much money in the NFL. Sure. I mean, like l- look at it from an NFL draft standpoint. Centers are like the the best centers, like a third, fourth round pick at times. The the, the best tackles are top picks in the draft right you know so i think that equates to trying to find the the guys at the lower level too in college but uh so we'll we'll see you know kind of what just a lot going on with that position group i guess is my point so there's going to be some more departures I, w- I would guess just because i just don't think there's any guarantees that like ethan card you know another name don't yeah. did, didn't really play a whole lot uh i think he can come back i don't know if you're if you're looking to push him to come back or not i mean those are those are internal conversations that uh, Coach Hamby and Coach Kitley and Coach McGuire will have with a lot of these guys because if they want to play, probably not going to happen here. And, and then now what? Now, now how do we proceed when we have that answer and all those things? Uh, I'm sorry if I, I missed it, but did you mention Jacoby Jackson uh, yes. in this mix? I think we've talked about him before. He is an interior guy, right? Yeah, he, he definitely is. And I, I think, yeah, him and Landon Peterson are, is who really manned that right guard spot almost all season. But like I said, if, if Cole Spencer and Dennis Wilburn are in fact, you know, and if you can't go find a, a center that you really like, I mean, you've got Dennis that still can play there. I just, I think the thought is he's a much, or would be a much better guard than he is a center. And so, but again, he's got some Swiss army knife to him and that you can kind of <laughs> put, put him wherever is best and, and use him as such. But it gives you options. It gives Coach Hamby options. It gives you depth now. Uh, but you've got, you know, those two guys at right guard that have got plenty of, of game experience. They've started games. They've played in plenty of games. Uh, and it just makes that group better because now if somebody gets dinged up or you have to move some pieces around, you're not you're not bringing in somebody that's never done it before, you know. So 
Um, but uh, anyway, that's just kind of in a nutshell the snowball effect by by looking at it by a guy like Weston Wright leaving and, and going to not opt to come back next year. Well, we talked about it earlier in the week and I uh, would encourage anybody that's interested in the comings and goings as far as bonus eligibility, transfer portal, et cetera, to check out our episode earlier uh, in the week. And, and you touched on the offensive line situation in general. It's it's a high-impact position, in my opinion, as high-impact as it gets, paired along with the defensive front. And you're under a lot of pressure to really be better there because I think a lot of a lot of us would imagine what you could have been as a team if you were a little more consistent there. And I know some of that out of your control as you were impacted by injuries and things like that. But uh, that is one of those spots, obviously, that's going to be a priority coming up this offseason. So curious to see what some of the moves are going to look like. And as Chris alludes to there, maybe curious to see uh, what could occur over the next month or so, a little less than that, as you get ready for a bowl game and what that may look like when you finally get to that matchup. We'll stick with the Red Raiders coming up ahead. want to touch on some of those who heard their names called this week from the conference office as we saw some all-conference lists released. And maybe one of those who didn't hear his name called in a certain spot that I feel like is outrageous, erroneous, capricious, and arbitrary. Now I'm just saying words that I think Jackie Childs would say. Not sure if that is applicable, but we'll investigate. Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. They got you covered once again heading into the weekend as you're getting razor sharp for conference championship weekend, bowl season on the horizon. Are you slicing and dicing in the college basketball world just yet? If you are and you want to sharpen up further, check out our friends at Bet Online. It is the headquarters for live betting stats and scores, all the angles, all the action and all the angles on the action throughout the year. Whether it's football, basketball, combat sports, eSports, which is not a made-up word, they tell me this is something that people out there will know what I'm talking about, even though I don't. They've got it covered for you there, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite events. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about what the trends are shaping up to look like this weekend with Bet Online, where the game starts. Joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts if you have not so far. Thanks to those of you who have saddled up for the ride already and are making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen each day. And we hope that you'll make Locked On Sports today your second listen, where you're going to find instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day on Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Talking Texas Tech football and some post-regular season accolades beginning to roll in. And uh, Chris, some not really going to catch you off guard when you're seeing things fall at the feet of Tyree Wilson, whether it's uh, All-American, I think honorable mention, mentions so far, all-conference list as a first-teamer. See some other guys, second-team honorable mention as far as the conference is concerned. I uh, was curious what stood out to you. I know we're going to talk Tyree Wilson more so, but uh, anything else jump out to you off of those lists? 
Well, I, I, I think uh, I think that you get a good feel for we've just we've talked about this some as the season has gone along, but you get a good feel of what your team wasn't or what it didn't have, and that was just really other than Tyree. You know, can you can you really make a case for anybody to be like first team all league and, and things like that? And that's not to take away from your team because I think your team is really solid across the board. There just wasn't the quote unquote draft picks sitting there on either side of the ball that um, you know, and, and you kind of knew this coming into the season because you didn't see a lot of Red Raiders on the preseason team. And I wonder if some of that on the postseason has to do with what it looked like in the preseason. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have anything to do with that, but I just wonder if that's kind of how some of that stuff goes. I'll get to, I'll make that point even further when we start talking about Tyree, but, uh, but so I'm just looking around for tech guys and um, I, you know, Malik Dunlap gets his name called. I wondered if Trey Wolf may have a chance uh, you know, and, and somebody like that, but there's really nobody else that, you know, maybe Krishan Merriweather, uh, but there's some good linebackers in this league as well, but uh, maybe in muddy waters, uh, you know, but I, I just, so I, as I glance over it, there's just not a lot of tech love there, but I, I kind of understand it at some level too. Yeah. Tyree Wilson, first team Malik Dunlap, uh, second team, all big 12 defensively. I thought Merriweather deserved consideration maybe for a second team mention. He was on an honorable mention guy. Uh, but as you allude to there, there's some stiff competition at that position within the Big 12 Conference. Otherwise, uh, you saw guys like Hutchings, Bradford, uh, Muddy Waters, Rashad Williams, Joseph Adidere, an all Big 12 honorable mention guy. And I think that was, I don't want to say exclusively, like uh, second half of the season work that he was doing. But as the season went on, Chris, I really felt like when you got into the stretch run of the schedule, I was noticing him a lot more. And that's a name. I think coming into the year, maybe I'm a little surprised to, to see on any of these lists when it's all said and done. So good for him. Well, it's it's fun to think that he's just a pup, you yeah. know, and he's got it all in front of him. And, you know, you, he's going to get pressed into major duty if if you, you don't see Jalen or, or Tony come back. Uh, but if he can if he's got a chance to still play with those guys and be a part of a rotation where he's kind of gets to continue to grow and learn and, and, and you know, emerge as a, as a college football player, it would only be better for him. But it's 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 fun to know that that guy's just a freshman uh, and he played so much football because he's only going to be better for it. I know that this is weighted by what you did in conference. Um, so that's probably going to knock Donovan Smith, obviously. But I thought it was interesting. You had four, three quarterbacks start four games. Baron Morton uh, is the guy that, that gets the mention there as an honorable mention guy on the offensive side. Yeah, and it's it's other coaches that are voting on this, or supposedly other coaches. Maybe it's somebody else's <laughs> GA or, you know, who, who the heck is actually making the votes here. But I, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, t between TCU and Oklahoma State, and some, so there were some of those games where, you know, I mean, you know, they they really saw how talented he he is and and all that. Not that people didn't see that with Donovan, but uh, I, I think that you know maybe coaches saw what everybody sees around here that he's he's clearly the future. But uh, and, and in some ways, you know, you kind of split votes right there because if you can only vote for one guy or whatever, then right. you know you got to pick between the two. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, and, and another freshman, you know, that yep. uh, hopefully has it still all in front of him. Well, and I don't want to get too bogged down in the honorable mention list. I mean, it is what it is, but I was just kind of surprised to see who was bubbling up in the eyes of others, maybe compared to what we've seen here in the, the offensive linemen that get mentions 
are Peterson and, and Dennis the Menace Wilburn. So I, I just thought that was kind of interesting, too, to see them included among those guys up front. And we've known this about Dennis. I think it's nice yeah. Landon Peterson got some, uh, you know, and again, he, he he's been mi- missing the latter part of the season out for the year, not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, you know, and, and all that, but that that's that's the part that we talked about some, but I just don't know if enough people realized, you know, whenever Mills was out and Peterson was out, you, you're you're really flawed up front or trying the best you can to keep it afloat, uh, and you didn't have that many bullets to fire as it was, and uh, but yeah, nice to see Landon because I I think he again he's I think a sophomore, so he's still he's still got plenty of uh, years left to play here and. And you, we've already clearly established what we think of Dennis, man. He, uh, thank God for that dude. I mean, because yeah, I think he saved your bacon all season long. <laughs> no, no question about it, man. And just an awesome story. I'm glad to still be riding with him. He's the best kid, too, man. Future. He's the best kid, too. Smile. You would have to assume just because oh. of the story, man. I don't know his yeah. background. I know his sports background. I don't know his personal background, but oh uh, yeah, Pl- who does mean- what he did. Exactly. I mean, just, just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm three thumbs up on that kid, man. <laughs> Is that your big toe? Well, I don't even want to guess. Uh, Tyree Wilson, defensive player of the year, co-defensive player of the year. I think he's got to be on these short lists. Were you surprised to not see him actually get uh, a mention there? Yeah, I, I, I was. I, I think uh, statistically, you know, he's he's better. I think he's a better player. Uh, we're obviously a bit biased in this space. I think part of the preseason list, because it's it, Felix Anduke, uh, Amoza, I think is how you say his last name. Sorry if I've screwed that nice. up. The, the Kansas State kid, yeah. He was the preseason defensive player of the year. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I think that does carry some weight. He did not have a bad year by any means. He was actually really good. I just don't think he was as good as Tyree Wilson. The other thing that Tyree Wilson has working against him is he didn't play the final two games, and you ended up winning both of those and 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 all that if, as you look at this. But, hey, man, Wilson's going to go make a ton of money. He's going to get picked really high. And so the, it's really just left for conversations just like this. The NFL folks know sure. what he's what he's about and what he's capable <laughs> right. of. The, the other guy that I wouldn't have been surprised to see get some mentions for Defensive Player of the Year was Jalen Ford at Texas because he was their best player, and I think he, he made some very impactful plays to help them win games or to seal games, things like that. And so, again, is that – are you splitting votes? Is it – you know, is does that hurt a guy like Tyree's case that there may be, you know, more than one other option? And so it kind of it splits it and it hurts all those guys. And so they just end up going with the one that was the preseason guy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> being, you know, playing these hypotheticals. I'm not real sure. But right. um, anyway, but yeah, it's, it, uh, I, I was hopeful that he would be, get, get, got the nod there, but he didn't. Uh, defensively heavy for Texas Tech as far as any of these mentions and, and probably not all that much of a surprise. But I, I think some Tech fans may be surprised if you uh, just ask them, okay, besides Tyree Wilson, who do you think your second best defensive player is? And I know there are all kinds of metrics by which you could define what I just said. But Malik Dunlap is your second team mentioned. I don't know that that'd be the second name on everybody's list. And, and I think maybe that's about – uh, you know, the, what the other group of corners in the Big 12 look like as much as it is, is he, where does he rank on your 
mm. defensive team. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah, um, it'd be because I think you and I would both agree that Krishan Merriweather was sure was that we could make a case for Kosa Eldridge. I could certainly make a case for Muddy Waters. I mean, and there, there's some other guys that I think were were more important to what you were doing. But, you know, but I, I do go back to – now, this was a non-conference game, but I go back to, like, the game that Malik Dunlap had in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. It was against his former team and all that. He was superb. You know, he was he was really, really good. Uh, and so, you know, anyway, I, I don't know if that's how that, how that goes or not, but I have a feeling that that conversation is more about the other group of corners in the league as opposed to what your team looks like per se. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and yeah. cr- congratulations to those Always. guys that got a mention uh, on whatever list across the conference. Your specialists and uh, Wolf and, and McNamara were all Big 12 honorable mention uh, as well. So something for us to chew on, and as you said, uh, will not affect the the dollars there to be made for guys no. like Tyree Wilson one way or another. But I'll complain about it a little bit because uh, we can. Uh, coming up next, let's get back to these 12 games regular season in review and we'll get to the whiteboard chalkboard not sure if you're a dust or marker kind of man there chris but three (laughs) things that are standing out to chris level we'll discuss next on locked on texas tech it's locked on texas tech for your ear hole or those eyes, I suppose. Just an old radio guy. Got to update the cliches. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us once again with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Before we are out of here today, still digesting what we saw this season in Lubbock and beyond as the Red Raiders went 7-5. and five. And that uh, obviously a mark, I think, above most uh, of the projections. 5-7, and 6-6. Seven, six and six. I think we're probably the most popular projections heading into the season Chris you and I talked earlier this week about the improbability of some of these wins including most recently (laughs) against the Oklahoma Sooners and I know as you've continued to look back on this season and gauge year one which is kind of something I have to remind myself of year one for Joey McGuire things continue to pop out to you uh I think some of them kind of still in that improbable realm yeah, so there, there's there's we'll go through kind of a list of uh, of one one point that I just want to make, uh, and then a couple of other things that I just think it, it it goes back to the improbability of kind of what what your issues were, and and man, if if some of this was fixed or or better, you 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 would maybe be staring at a much better season than what you just had, and I think we all feel pretty good about the season that you just had, considering everything that went on. The first one is you finish up the regular season at a minus eight in your turnover margin. Minus Man. eight. That is 117th in the country. Okay. Yikes. You threw 16 interceptions this year. We, we yeah, 16 of them. And, and and all three quarterbacks shared that, not not necessarily equally, but they're all three, you know, uh have have some of those. And if if you know again, it goes back to you didn't you didn't create enough takeaways and you certainly gave it away way too much. However, you, you're seven and five. I mean, because again, if if you would have told me before the season, you know, what's the one of the most important stat categories that that if 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 I can, you know, wish this 
it, it, it's turnover margin being a plus or hovering around zero because, boy, you do like your chances at that point. Because in any close game, that's sometimes a difference, and it, it can win you games in, in, uh, you know, in, in some cases. But sure. minus eight, okay, on the season. And, again, there's only like 10, 12 teams that were below you uh, in the country, uh, you, you know, I mean, as far as that goes. I mean, minus eight. So – I mean, if you were just minus five, maybe it, it, it alters uh, a game or two. And maybe we're talking about a nine-win season just like that. So that just goes to show you how close uh, it, it can be and how still good you were despite your own inadequacies uh, from that uh, that number. But Man, I'd does like- that even, like, count the onside kick? Going the other or like, I mean, think about other. No, these are these. Seen. Yeah, it, well, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. Not. It doesn't factor that kind of thing in. Like this huge. is just <laughs> exactly. I mean, th- this is just. This is strictly just. Uh, you know, interceptions and fumbles. Uh, you know, t- given away or taken. You know, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, there's some of that too. Um. The other thing is is we were talking about uh, portal and and in your quarterback room and all these different things. We we are on the cusp here. Uh, you know, tomorrow morning, you know, TCU and Kansas State will tee it up, and they will do so playing for the conference championship. One of those teams has a chance to play in the playoff, no matter if they win or lose that game. And I think it's fascinating that both of those programs will take the field playing for conference championship with essentially backup quarterbacks. Okay, I mean, you know, we we the the Chandler Morris to Max Duggan story well documented, but Will Howard has basically gotten that job from Adrian Martinez has not given it back. They like his the vertical passing game. It just shows you that the sport is different and that position is different. And really, I don't know if it ever will go back to, hey, we had one guy. He played all 12 games. He was phenomenal. That that, that is just so unrealistic uh, in this day and age. That's not where I thought you were going with saying that it's different. I, I thought you were going to just talk more so about the skill set that a team lacks here or there. But well, is it, I, has it become more difficult just to keep a guy healthy? I, I think because everybody runs them. I think ah, everybody okay. runs them. And because this is the most protected era ever for quarterbacks also, by the way. It, it really is. Interesting. Absolutely. But, you know, I think that you put in, uh, you know, quarterbacks in harm's way more now than ever before. Because it's such a pain for the defense to defend. It just is. Well, Chris, you know? why is that? We've known that forever. I mean, I don't even know how far you went back you want to go. It doesn't pass in the NFL, but an elusive dual-threat quarterback in college can cover for a multitude of sins. Why do you think, maybe it seems just to me, only more recently you've seen that shift in, in more locations, I guess? or Because I, I think def- defensive schemes have changed. And it was like, keep everything in front. And so that's the one thing that can punish those gotcha. kinds of schemes okay. is like, cause you can't defend it. I mean, you, you can, you can spy, you can do some different things, but it's just the one, you know, guy on offense you can't account for when he starts to run because there's too many gaps at that point. If, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, my, my, my point though, of bringing it up is, is you have like Hudson card leaves Texas, you know, and yep. he enters the portal now that they've got a, Arch Manning coming in, and you've got Quinn Ewers and all that. But Kyron Drones, Kyron Drones enters the portal. He was Baylor's, you know, Blake Shapin's backup, really good player. And so that's why if you can figure out a way to keep two of the three of your guys, boy, you you really have to to feel good about things because I bring all that up to say 
whoever whoever the two are, they're more than likely going to play next year and maybe play a lot and not by design, by necessity, whether it's ineffectiveness or injury or let, let's let this get this other guy on the field. I just I think it's just fascinating that you've got a situation for playing for the Big 12 championship where these essentially these guys were backup quarterbacks. And, 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 it, and it proves that. You can have more than one really good one. The old saying about man, if you if you don't have you know really a, a one quarterback and you've got some others, it means you don't have any. I don't believe that anymore. This proves it. This really? this proves that, that that is not that is not the case. Uh, but can't how do we how do we gauge Max Duggan in this conversation? Because to me, Max Duggan, I mean, I I kind of thought coming into the year, like I don't know why they're toying with anybody else, and maybe it's just accolades or decoration or whatever. But do you really think, like, I mean, was Max Duggan, he's the Johnny Unitas arm of the golden arm guy of the year. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the name of the award, right? And, and, and may win the, the yeah, gold, golden arm <laughs> award or whatever. But he, and he may win, he may in fact win the Heisman. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's probably going to be him or Caleb Williams. I don't really know who else I'm you interested make a to case hear you for. say that, man, that you're, you're off of the belief. About just having one versus uh, having multiple. That's interesting. I, I I just think not not that not that you. It's not good to have one that's better than the other. I'm just my, my point is it almost takes away from the other guys because everybody's got more than one dude that can really play and play well, and we're we, we're having to see that. That's just mm. that's what the Big Twelve specifically. I mean, because we're so focused on this league, that's just what we see. And it's if you give give a guy a chance, he gets a little experience. I mean, guess what? You know, so. Uh, I just it's just kind of but as we look at the portal and you look at your own room and you look at kind of what else is happening around the league, it's just it makes you realize how important keeping guys here would be. Yeah. You know, that that's really to put a bow on that part. That's really yeah. what uh, I, I I think it's just fascinating because, I mean, Will, Will Howard, he didn't give that job back, man. And they, you know, I think Adrian Martinez is healthy and they could have, but they just, they like the vertical part of what he does. He's not as good of a runner as Martinez, but he can still run. And I just think, I mean, he, he's about to play for a conference championship, you know, yep. I mean, to his credit. And so, and granted, he had played quite a bit last year out of necessity. So he wasn't just some, you know, guy. And, and again, Max Duggan had played plenty previously. Sure as well but just lost the job in august and then got his shot and never gave it back so um yeah that is really interesting and they're both wearing purple what does that tell us i'm gonna go brian windhorse here about the color purple that's for another episode i guess <laughs> uh my, my last my last uh stat or or point to make is i i did a little bit of research there, you know, I, I think i mentioned to you a couple of three weeks ago that that texas tech was the only school in the big 12 that didn't have a run of 50 yards or more. Okay. That still holds true. I I dug a little deeper though. And you're, you're almost a dead last in the country. You, you are one of eight programs in the entire country. I mean, everybody that, that didn't have a run of more than basically 40 yards or more. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Your, your, your longest run from scrimmage, I think this year was, I think 38 yards. There's only eight programs. I mean, and so let's see, um, Jeez. Bowling Green, Colorado, James Madison, NC state, Northwestern, San Jose state, Utah state. Those are the others. That's it. Eesh. And it, what company? Cra- exactly. <laughs> it's crazy to think 
because if, if you if you mix some of that in, some big play potential, it's just amazing how much easier you know play calling gets and the margin for error gets and you know, maybe you, you avoid some of these turnovers that you had because you keep the drive alive. And that's maybe, you know, two plays later, it's like, oh, we had a tipped pass and they picked it off and that drives over with, you know, instead of just taking it to the house, score points, game over. And so, you know, it, it also speaks to how much faster they need to get on that side of the ball as well. Yeah. And, and this has been a problem around here for a while because I've told you this. I think this is the most unimpressive group of outside receivers that you've had around here in a long time. Um, you know, I mean, when you, when you just look at, you know, I think Jerron Bradley's got it all in front of him, but I mean, and I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just saying compared to what, you know, Antoine Wesley and even like Geiger last year, and you, you just go back and look at the, the history of your, of your wideouts and your skill. It's, it's, I just don't know if like JJ Sparkman, Trey Cleveland, even Loic Fungi, if they really, are ever gonna if that if that light is gonna come on? But I'm talking receivers now. But even then, that that position had an issue with just not being able to run away from people or, or have big plays. You'd have the big catch, and then I get tackled right here. So, uh, but the, but the rushing thing was just crazy to me because I mean that that is hard data. That you know you you don't have a Kendra Miller, uh, a Bijan Robinson, a Deuce Vaughn. You know, on and on it goes. It just seems like everybody else kind of had a. a something along those lines where you make a mistake, I'm gone and you're not catching me. You're going to look at the back of this Jersey running right into the end zone. <laughs> and, and you just didn't really as good as, as Taj and Sir Roderick are, that's just not really their game. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, but just, yeah, just eight other programs or seven others, I guess in the country that uh, you, you were, you were the eighth that didn't have a run of 40 yards or longer all season. Is there any, and I know transfer portal stuff is still yet to be revealed, but from a recruiting perspective, is there any speed on the horizon? I mean, do you have any hope of improving Well, that? yeah, I I, th- I think, one, you're going to get, you know, I, I do think Sir Roderick will, you know, leave and not come back. And and so and, and so you'll get a lot more Cameron Valdez if he's healthy. Yeah. I think, I think Bryson Donnell is somebody they feel good about. But, you know, there's a, been a lot of talk about Josh Fleeks, uh, who left Baylor uh, or in September, I think it was. There was some, you know, he's a Cedar Hill guy. He's He runs about a 4-2, 4-3, and he's a senior, and he's got one year to play. And so I think that people have correctly connected the dots there on could he finish up his career at Texas Tech. I do believe that answer is yes. Uh, and he's a slot slash running back slash offensive skill player of some sort, and it, that adds some speed. And then yeah, I'm kind and I of don't, yeah, I was just gonna say I don't care where the speed comes from; it could be any of those positions, really, <laughs> yeah. just to add a lightning bolt somewhere. But just add some juice, man. Yeah. Absolutely, add some juice. And, and and then I'll be just kind of interested to see kind of what else happens with the portal if you lose anybody else, if you bring anybody in. Um, you know, I, I do think Caleb Smith was a, a commitment that decommitted recently. I think they liked him. Uh, he decommitted and took a visit to Notre Dame. I do think he's going to ultimately commit to Notre Dame. And I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing, because if you can go find me the version of like Kalen Geiger out there in the portal to come in and play a year or whatever, however you want to do it, whatever you can find, I'm all for that. I'm all for helping this group immediately. Sure as opposed to a younger guy that as good as Caleb Smith may be, 
I guess I'm looking more in the here and the now, you know, and that's the way, you know, it affords you to be able to do that because at some point Texas Tech has a, a scholarship room problem. There's not a lot of available options as far as space goes. And so uh, I, I think, though, that but when you get, you know, somebody, hey, he's going to go to the portal or not come back or whatever, or you get a decommitment, that opens up something that I think you can kind of entertain uh, a portal option. And it doesn't mean that just because you bring somebody in, they're going to work. I mean, we've got a sure. variety of guys on defense that absolutely worked. In fact, I don't know if there's many of them over there that didn't work, actually. It's been shocking to see how good they were with portal guys on that side of the ball. Even guys like, uh, you know, Miles Cole and, and, and Vital Scott that played sparingly this year, I think those guys were welcomed additions. I mean, uh, Miles Cole will be back next year. Scott is out, obviously, he, he graduates. He only had one year left. But, you know, point being, we talked about K Briggs, Michael Shanahan. They, they just didn't help you. So there's no guarantee that if you bring a portal guy and they're going to work. But anyway, right. but yeah, point is they they are slower on that side of the ball. They know it. They want to fix it. And it just it just takes a bit because everybody wants the fast guys. Right. I mean, yeah. so those are those are hard to find. So anyway, but that's those were some things that I looked up. Yeah, that was worth pointing out. That's really interesting because uh, particularly those two that you mentioned, the turnover margin and and big plays or lack thereof. Yeah. I and mean, those are not recipes to uh, get by in some tight situations. Or and yet here you are. You I know. All you these one-score games. Exactly. Nailed it. I, I don't know what it speaks to other than intangibles, to be honest with you. Um, being a little so, hungrier, so what a little is more it, resilient. What does it look like if you still play this hard, you are this resilient, you don't turn it over as much, maybe you create a few more takeaways, and you're faster? That That's what – that's really the whole point is – if you keep all these same things and yet you improve on a few of these others, boy, I, I think you really like where this thing's going. Looks like we're playing a quarterfinal Rose Bowl game in a couple of years is what that looks like, Chris. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a pick-me-up somewhere in here because you're there really you smacking me with some hard truths there for a well, while. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a credit to their grit yeah. and you know mindset and just not giving in and still figuring out ways to be really good even though you weren't in some things but it, right. it, all that matters is you you won you know and you won yep. your last three you won seven total and, and all that but i just look at it as like man it's crazy to think you did win this many considering and what if you kind of fix some of that stuff and you still are are you know playing as hard and as gritty and all that stuff that's where it gets really fun i mean i Outside of the time that Weber State and Houston were on your November schedule, I can't think of many Novembers or any over the previous decade where you had as much fun as you did this time around and felt like you were playing some of your best football when the season was coming to an end. We talk about it every year, all year. You want to be a team that's getting better because uh, well-coached teams do. Nobody stays the same from week to week. You're getting better. You're getting worse. And I think Texas Tech progressively, and then losing your best player, by the way, at the end of yeah. it all, uh, got better as a team. So the grit is certainly there for Joey McGuire and company. We talked early on this year about uh, how often Coach McGuire was mentioning, you know, we shouldn't have even been in that game. <laughs> and yet they were finding ways to be in those games. And thankfully down the stretch, you got over the hump in some of those tight situations, which, by the way, is another box to check, right, as far as rebuilding a program. I mean, we saw close games under Matt Wells, but you weren't getting over the hump and you weren't walking away with Ws uh, very often. You, you did that more often 
in year one under Joey McGuire. That's a great thing. And yeah, uh, I completely agree. Speaks to the guts uh, of a football program. So hopefully they'll take that with them uh, wherever we are headed for game number 13. We've gone a little long here, Chris, but I had to ask you at the end of this anyway, following what was a really interesting bowl conversation yesterday, are you, uh, is there anything to update our conversation from yesterday as we head into the weekend, or are we still thinking maybe, uh, Paul Wall Airbnb is going to be the option. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I did I did wake up to a projection from the Athletic that indicated uh, Tech and Arkansas and Houston and Florida State and Oklahoma and uh, Orlando, and I thought huh, huh? we were we 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 maybe uh, we maybe guessed right right there. Thanks for listening, Athletic. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I mean, I think that <laughs> seems to be that seems to be the way it's going. You know, and I don't really know. I don't know what would change it. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's no because, no games that are going to be played that would affect you in that way. Nope. Right. And in <laughs> fact, any of those four teams, if we just were talking about those four, none of nothing changes this weekend at all, or can change. And so, yeah. you know, I I just I, I think what it tells you is though, league representatives, bowl representatives, they're talking with one another. You're starting to put these pieces of the puzzle together and trying to maximize matchups those conversations aren't necessarily i guess just uh, private uh, pe- people can kind of read the tea leaves or are sure. aware of, of what's going on but uh, maybe that's exactly what we get uh, are the hogs in houston and, I, and i'm here for it sign me up for sure i, I really yeah. think after processing that more overnight um while i was attracted to it to begin with because you're here in the great state it is in very large part about for me personally having an opponent and an opponent's fan base that will be juiced for it. And I think Arkansas will. And I think that's what makes these games so enjoyable when you're in the range of just the majority of bowl games like Texas tech, uh, once again, will be this season. So a little heat from the other sideline or the other, uh, set of grandstands ain't going to hurt anything in any way, shape or form grandstands in 1945 or playing out (laughs) at the carnival. I don't know what I'm talking about there. That's a good, good point to wrap up the week, man. It's been an interesting one to say the least as we bask in the glow of a big win for Joey McGuire and the red Raiders. We'll get some confirmation before we're back with you next on where we are bowling and we will begin to process all of that. So catch up on any of the uh, conversations you've missed so far this week on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts to get ready for that. Uh, Chris, enjoyed it as always, man. Thanks for the insight and the time this week. The hope it is alive, man. Keep Very it going. Much so. Yes, sir. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, keep it going right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. After making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen each day, make Locked On Sports today your next listen. It's the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts that is locked on sports today. He's Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Hope you have a terrific weekend. We'll catch you on the other side to begin making bowling plans. It's on the way on Locked on Texas Tech.